Hi friends, welcome to the virtual breakout session entitled From Broken Home to Healing House. One divorced mom's journey from being abandoned to embraced. My name is Amy Oliver and I'm a single divorced mom of two amazing teenage girls. I have been divorced for about five years and after a journey of healing and restoration, I now get to walk alongside others who are starting their own journey. I don't know why you chose this breakout session, but I'm guessing that divorce has touched your life in some way. Perhaps you are separated and trying to figure out what's next. Maybe you're in the process of a divorce and you're looking for some encouragement. Or you might be a divorced mom like me and you chose this topic because you're living it too. My hope today is to give you some encouragement by sharing my story. The story of how God not only is healing my heart, but replacing my pain with joy. I know when I was in the thick of it, I just wanted to hear from another divorced mom that I was going to be okay. That my life wouldn't always be crazy. That someone else had walked the path ahead of me and that there was hope. A lot of people who have never experienced divorce are well-meaning when they give advice, but the truth is those of us who have lived through it can empathize in a way others can't. I believe it's incredibly important for women experiencing separation and divorce to know and hear from other Christian women who have experienced it. Wherever you are today, you are not alone. In my professional life, I'm a real estate agent. And you might think that sounds glamorous, but like I'm getting to tour beautiful homes all day. And I'll admit that part of my job is fun. But in reality, my job is really about helping people through one of the most stressful transitions of their life. Moving is the third most stressful life event, and divorce is the second. So I guess you could say, I spend a lot of my life helping people transition through their most stressful seasons of life. That's who I am today, but step back with me in time five years, and let me tell you a little bit about my life then. I was a stay-at-home mom, and my girls were 10 and 7. I was leading a ministry at River West Church called Sprouts whose purpose is to serve moms of little ones. I was very involved in my children's school as both a room mom and a track coach, and I lived in a large, beautiful home where I hosted community group and Bible studies. I had been married almost 20 years, and my husband was successful and well-respected in our community. And we had a unique story one that I shared as a testimony from a stage many times because my husband and I had been married twice to each other. This is the part where you might be tempted to hit pause and rewind, so let me explain. My husband and I were married for three years before we had kids, and that marriage ended in divorce. But just a year and a half later, we reconciled and got married again. It was the ultimate God story 
of a broken marriage being restored, and it was my testimony. During that time, I went from being a lukewarm believer at best to a woman in desperate need of a savior. It's actually fair to say that my first divorce led me to a deeper faith in Jesus and made a radical change in my life with him. Now today, as a real estate agent, when I take a buyer to tour a home, first impressions are super important. People want to see a beautifully staged home with lush landscaped yard, an open floor plan, beautiful hardwood floors. Essentially, they're just looking at the surfaces, and if they love what they see, they'll make an offer to purchase the home. But the next step is critical. It's the inspection phase. And during the inspection process, you have someone crawl under the house to see if the foundation is rotting. You check the roof to make sure that there aren't any leaks. You assess the siding on the walls to make sure it's strong and sturdy. Basically, you're looking beyond the surface to see what is broken and might need to be fixed. If you had inspected my life five years ago, it wouldn't have been as impressive as it may have looked on the surface. What you would have seen were the same issues we had in our first marriage, but amplified. Because now it wasn't just affecting me, it was affecting our two kids. My husband struggled with alcohol addiction from the time I met him. And I came from a family of origin where that was normal. Alcoholism runs in my family. My husband was rarely home, and when he was, he was distant, moody, and numbing out in front of a screen. I felt abandoned because he was away so often for work or his own activities, and I felt abandoned even when he was home because he didn't participate much in our life, unless it was something public. Then he put his best foot forward, and you would never have realized that we weren't the perfect, happy couple. But his focus was outward. His job, his golf game, his bike races, his reputation. And while he wasn't physically abusive, he was verbally and emotionally abusive. He had a way of making me feel stupid and needy and worthless. He would tell me that we were financially broke and the next day flew to Pebble Beach for a golf tournament. I literally felt like I was going crazy. But the worst betrayal of all was when I discovered he was having an affair. One day he texted me by accident, a text that was meant for her. And when I confronted him, he said it was my fault because I was clearly unhappy with how he was living his life and that I would never accept him as he was. That's what I was living with, holding on all by myself because I didn't want to have another failure. I didn't want people to know I was living in a broken home. That phrase may not be familiar to you, but in my growing up years, I remember my parents who've been married for 50 years, referring to kids whose parents were divorced as coming from a broken home, and it wasn't a positive description. 
But after having talked with so many other women whose life at home looked like mine did five years ago, I recognized that what I was experiencing was all too common. I started calling it the four A's, addiction, abandonment, abuse, and adultery. I wonder if you can relate. I hear it all the time now as women courageously share their stories with me. It's so common that it's almost cliche. But a lot of us hide it because we're ashamed. Or we're afraid of what would happen if our marriages did come to an end. How would we handle raising our kids alone? Or worse, what if our kids had to be in the care of an unhealthy dad? How would we make it financially, especially when we're stay-at-home moms without an income of our own? What will people think of us? Will our church community still want us around when we no longer have the perfect Christian family intact? Those are all really fair questions that keep women stuck in unhealthy situations for way too long. I had the same concerns too, but raising two kids, running a ministry, and trying to keep up the facade of the perfect Christian family was exhausting. My body started breaking down. I had constant anxiety, I couldn't sleep, and I couldn't eat. One morning at the end of my rope, I told a friend, and then I told another one and then a pastor. Once those few people knew the truth, my husband agreed to go to counseling. I really thought that we were on the road to reconciliation. But one day, I had a call from my sister, and she said, don't look at Facebook. And my heart dropped into my stomach as she explained, that my husband had posted pictures of himself and his girlfriend on a vacation together. And in that moment, the whole world found out. I couldn't hide anymore. The truth was out for the world to see. And no amount of effort on my part could change my husband's choices. I didn't cause his addiction. I didn't make him have an affair. I didn't deserve his abuse or his abandonment of me and our family. And you don't deserve to be abandoned, abused, cheated on, or caught up in someone else's addiction cycle either. Please hear this. This is what God asked me to say to you. God wants to heal your heart. And he wants to give you a joy-filled life. He sees the damage that's been done. He knows you're lonely and fearful and at the end of your rope. You are not alone. I talk to women all the time living in their own broken homes. Psalm 127.1 from the Message Version says this, If God doesn't build the home, the builder only builds shacks. If God doesn't guard the city, the night watchman might as well take a nap. It's useless 
to rise early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. Don't you know he enjoys giving rest to those he loves? What do you do when you've lost everything you've been working so hard to keep? Maybe the better question is, what will God do? Is it even possible for him to redeem this broken mess? God started showing me the answers to these daunting questions five years ago as he graciously led me through a healing journey that has me today in a new place of joy. Year one was simply survival, meeting my basic needs. That looked like friends stepping in to bring food to my house, do my laundry, and help with my kids. If I was able to get out of bed and my kids got to school, that was a successful day. It was a year of facing reality and dealing with grief. And God was so kind to bring loving, safe friends around me to fill in the gaps. I am a very type A driver builder type of person. And it was humbling to allow people to help. It was humbling to ask for help. But it was necessary. And it taught me how to receive love and feel cared for again. God built a team of supporters for me that included a therapist, mediator, attorneys, financial planners, and doctors. And I also reached out to five women and asked them if they would be my prayer team. Every single morning, I would text them for specific things to pray for. They prayed while I had yet another attorney visit. They prayed for protection of my kids when they visited their dad. They prayed that I would stay strong when my husband tried to manipulate me. Those ladies literally prayed me through everything while I grieved the marriage that was lost. Do you have someone, or perhaps even a small group of women in your life, that can bolster you through prayer when you need it? For me, this was an invaluable source of strength, and I would encourage you to seek out the same. Year two was a year of endings and new beginnings. The home we lived in while we were married was underwater, meaning it was worth less than we owed on it. After trying to sell as a short sale for a year unsuccessfully, our home was foreclosed on and my girls and I had to move to a rental. But God was so good, he provided a rental that was just a block away from a single mom friend with her own two girls. And I named our house, our rental house, the Healing House. I told my girls that it wasn't going to be our forever home, that someday in the future we'd actually buy our own home again. But for this season, the rental house was our place to heal. I stepped down from running the ministry and went to work full-time as a realtor. That was a huge transition, one that I had really dreaded. But the team of people I went to work with were amazing, and it was nice to be needed again. <laughs> Year two was when my divorce was final. 
It feels weird to say this, but having the divorce finalized was a relief. It took a year and a half of back and forths, mediators, attorneys, and a court date. All of that took up so much of my mental and emotional energy that once it was done, it was like I had space in my brain again. What I came to realize in year two is that a lot of the things I feared most didn't come to be. I feared my kids being taken away. I was afraid my husband wouldn't have to pay enough to support us to live on. I was afraid I wouldn't be able to find a job that allowed me to still be present with my kids. And I was afraid I'd spend holidays without them. But none of that actually happened. But some of the things I feared that actually did happen turned out to be blessings in disguise. I desperately wanted to stay in our home. It was the only home my girls had ever known. And yes, the loss of my house was devastating, but being in a new place that didn't carry the memories of the abuse and chaos was actually really healing. And going to work full time felt super scary to me, but my job actually helped me rebuild my self-worth. My clients thanked me for doing a great job. It was refreshing to be wanted and appreciated in that way. In year three, I started to feel normal again, happy even. <laughs> we created new family traditions and rhythms. And while our community of friends changed some, for the most part, the same families we had been doing life with before the divorce were still a big part of our life. But the bonus was that we also met new friends and families who were divorced, and they understood the unique challenges and the benefits of single parent families. Yes, I did say benefits. It was much more peaceful in our home than it had been when my husband was there. We laughed, we had people over for meals, and we didn't tiptoe around an angry, disconnected person. That year, my therapist invited me to a vision retreat, where I spent about four hours at a beautiful retreat center, dreaming about how I wanted my life to look moving forward. She challenged me to go out in nature and ask the Lord to give me a word or phrase that would define the next season of my life. To be honest, I wasn't really confident that I would hear something from God. But in faith, I went out into the beauty of a wooded area, and I sat on a bench next to a babbling brook. And in that quiet place, I wept for all that God had brought me through in the last three years. And it was an ugly cry. But I also prayed and asked Him to speak. And to my surprise, God not only gave me one word, He flooded me with five. And these are the five words I heard. Strong, healthy, honest, courageous, and creative. I took those words back into the lodge with me and together with my therapist, talked about what those words meant. I felt like God was saying, Amy, this is who you are. You are strong. You are healthy and honest. You are courageous and creative. 
And you are these things because God has built these qualities into you through the suffering you've experienced. As I had allowed God to take over and step into my mess, He used the very painful experience to rebuild me. 2 Samuel 7.11 says, The Lord declares to you that the Lord Himself will establish a house for you. God knew that my desire wasn't to have a broken home. He knew that I had worked so hard to keep it from falling apart. But he also knew that in the breaking, I would have an opportunity to heal, rebuild, and grow into a healthier, more fulfilling life. Let me just say something important here. I hate divorce. I hate divorce just like God does. But I have come to believe that God doesn't value an intact marriage over the very life and safety of the wife being abused in one. If I had had my way, my husband would have repented and we would have done the hard work to rebuild together. But it takes two. And in my case, my husband didn't want the same thing. So in my story, I had to rely on God to establish a new life for me and my girls. I had to let God establish a new house, a house that didn't allow the four A's to define it. If you haven't downloaded the handout for this talk, this might be a good time to pause and grab it. But if you're out on a walk or not in a place you can access it, don't worry. I'll do my best to explain what God did next, and you can check out the visual later. Over the next several months, I meditated on those five words. I spent time in the Bible looking up scriptures about being strong and courageous. I found out that God made promises to restore our health, and I was reminded that the truth will set you free. I'm so in awe of how creative God is, not only in creation itself, but also in the way He can turn the most devastating story into one of rejoicing. One morning, I got to experience His creativity in a very personal way. God prompted me to draw the outline of a house. Just five, word, just five lines, one across the bottom of a page, two perpendicular lines that made the walls of a house, and two more lines like the top of a triangle that made a roof. It was a very rudimentary outline of a house. And then he told me to write the word strong on the bottom line, healthy and honest on each wall, courageous and creative on the roof lines. And inside the house, I wrote healing house. I'm not sure I can fully express to you what that felt like for me. To see the words God gave me form the outline of a house. It's really personal in one way because, like I told you before, I help people look at houses for a living. And houses are a symbol of something much bigger to me. Owning a home is considered the pinnacle of the American dream. And losing my home to a foreclosure was embarrassing 
and painful. It was just one more failure. There's just something very precious and personal about someone's home. But that morning, I heard God say to me, Amy, I've built a healing house for you and in you. A spiritual reality that will never be taken away from you. And God said, I live in the healing house with you, and I will never leave. You will never be abandoned by me. And no matter where you go or where you live, I'll be with you. It reminded me of the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well, the woman who had been married and divorced multiple times. He told her everything bad that had happened in her life, and then he invited her to ask him for living water. She believed that you could only worship God in a temple, and she wasn't even allowed to enter it. And she believed that her sins kept her from being worthy of God's love. And I can relate. I thought my failure in marriage made me less worthy of God's love. But God saw in me was a daughter who needed to be rescued and healed. The foundation of the healing house was strong, built on the unconditional love that God had for me. What I needed most to know was that I was loved regardless of the circumstances in my life. Being betrayed in a marriage is devastating, and the resulting feeling of being unloved is something it's taken a very long time for me to heal. But I learned to feel love again through the generosity of those people who came to help me. I came to recognize that God's love doesn't ever abandon us. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7:24, Whoever hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built a house on rock. The rain came down, the water came up, the wind blew and hit the house. The house did not fall because it was built on the rock. I had been through the storm, but my spiritual house was still standing strong stronger in fact from the experience. The left side wall of the healing house was healthy. Here's a very important truth. God cares about your physical, emotional, spiritual, and financial health. I'd spent most of my life taking care of other people, but I neglected me. One common characteristic of women I've met who've also walked through divorce is they are seriously the most loving, caring, forgiving women I've ever met. They pour themselves out for others, and they tend to see the best in people. And I imagine that that is true of you as well. Well, for me, my body was wrecked, and I had to prioritize getting healthy in order to be able to care for myself and my kids. That meant visits to doctors who helped with my nutrition and anxiety and sleep. It meant spending the little money I had on therapy so that I could address my emotional needs 
and learn how to grieve and heal from the trauma of what I had experienced. Listen, grief takes time and energy, but it's a very necessary part of healing. And I promise you, once you've felt it, you will start to heal from it. Your financial health is important to God too. One of the biggest concerns I had, and I hear from others experiencing divorce, is how am I going to afford to take care of myself and my kids? I hear you, and God knows that you need that. Invite someone in to help you look at your financial options. Think creatively to see if God might be able to help you support your income in a different way. I didn't expect to become a realtor at 43 years old, but here I am. And honestly, it's been really great. The right side wall is honest. And on first glance, that might seem really easy. But for me, it was actually quite difficult. First off, I wasn't very honest with myself. I told myself for years that I was fine, I could handle what was happening in our home, that I didn't need anybody else but that was a lie. I was actually desperate for help. But I didn't want people to know the real truth about what was going on in our home or how I tried to cover things up to keep people from seeing just how messed up things were. And I also didn't think people could handle the truth and that once they heard it, they'd either not believe me or they'd just run away. The enemy loves to keep us isolated and alone. But God never lies, and He never covers up the truth. Please hear that. God actually knows the whole truth. You can't hide it from Him. And just like Jesus at the well with the Samaritan woman, the truth wasn't keeping Him away, it was drawing Him near. Once the dam broke and I started being honest with myself and others, I started feeling less weight, not more. Other people could carry the burden with me. And I found out that what I was experiencing wasn't unique. There were so many other women who had experienced the same thing. And knowing that brought a lightness that I didn't expect. Moving to the roof, let's talk about the left side, which is courageous. It is so courageous to tell the truth and let the world see your brokenness. I know how much courage it takes to walk into a church service without your husband at your side. I know the pain of sitting at a soccer game with all the other seemingly perfect, intact families. Starting over going back to work, moving, custody agreements, it all takes courage. And I'm so grateful that God gave me courage when I felt scared to death to just take the next right step each day. There's a quote that I love that says, decision is a risk rooted in the courage of being free. There are so many decisions to be made on a journey to heal from a divorce, and they all feel risky. God wants you to be free from fear. 
and recognize that he's right there for you as you take the risk of standing up for yourself and your kids. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you. A healing house is one where courage is a way of life. And it gives you an opportunity to participate in God's great plan for you. And maybe the most unexpected part of all is the right side roof, creative. I have wonderful news for you. There is joy ahead. There is new life. And it is way beyond what you can ask or imagine. One of the most surprising things to come out of the end of my marriage is the experience of how, how creative God is. Once I let go of what should be, I was wowed by God's for me. There isn't one way to heal from a divorce. There isn't one way to be a single mom. There are countless ways. And watching God craft and create our new life was so fun. I rediscovered myself and what I love to do. I started journaling as a part of my healing process. And over the years, it's been such an amazing creative outlet for me. Honestly, someday I hope that it will become a book that will encourage women walking through similar journeys. God opened the door for vacations I never could have dreamed were possible as a single mom. Once we got out of survival mode, our family started living again, thriving even, enjoying life. That's what a healing house can look like. Sometimes God's best for us feels like the worst at first. I wanted a healed marriage, but I didn't get that. But I've come to believe that God's ultimate work wasn't healing a marriage. It was healing a heart from the effects of a broken one. I felt for a long time like God was punishing me for not doing marriage right. And here's what I know now to be true. The pain and suffering I was experiencing were from the effects of addiction, adultery, abuse, and abandonment, not from God. God wanted to rescue me from that and heal my heart and give me a joy-filled life, and He wants that for you, too. Year four held an amazing blessing that I didn't see coming. One day while I was visiting a brand new construction neighborhood for a client, I felt my heart start to beat fast as I saw one particular floor plan that they were offering. It was literally everything I had hoped for and a forever home for me and my girls. But I knew that my credit was wrecked with the foreclosure and that it would not be possible for me to qualify for a loan for another six to seven years. But I took that flyer for the house home with me and I pinned it on the wall of my office. And every morning, as I took time to seek the Lord, that thing stared at me. Could this actually be God's plan for me? It was risky to hope again, to go to a mortgage lender and lay out my whole ugly financial picture for him to examine, to write an offer on a house for me this time instead of a client. But you know what happened? 
a miracle. The lender wrote a letter on my behalf explaining why my foreclosure happened and I was granted an exception. Essentially, the foreclosure was wiped off my record. The broken home was wiped off my record. So I wrote an offer on a new construction home and it was accepted. And what started out as a piece of dirt and a paper that had a floor plan on it became a physical house that God built for me. I watched the foundation get dug and the concrete poured and as I walked on it I recognized it was a physical symbol of a spiritual reality. My foundation is strong. I watched the walls go up and the roof go on and most fun I got to design the whole thing. Everything. I got to pick the countertops and the backsplashes, the carpets and the floor, and even the color of every room. I chose the color that I had seen in the model home, and it was called Repose Gray. I didn't think much of it until one morning I was sitting with God, and for some reason I thought to look up what the word repose meant. And it meant rest. And I realized God was painting the walls of my new house with rest. Do you remember the verse we started with today? In Psalm 127, If God doesn't build the house, the builder only builds shacks. If God doesn't guard the city, the night watchman might as well take a nap. It's useless to rise early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. Don't you know he enjoys giving rest to those he loves? The morning after we moved in, this is what I wrote in my journal. First day, I woke up in our new home. And God reminded me this morning that he built our house and he blessed it and it's beautiful. Friends, I went from a broken home where I lived with the four A's of addiction, adultery, abuse, and abandonment to a healing house full of bees, built, blessed, beautiful, as his beloved. I know that you might be tired and weary and holding on for dear life sometimes. Me too. I still deal with the realities of being a divorced single mom. But I also believe God is building a healing house for you too. The beginning of the journey starts with an inspection of your current home. What's broken? Are you dealing with one or more of the four A's? Who can you safely look to for help? Can you let go of trying to fix and turn to God with your hands empty? Does your foundation need work? Do you know how deeply God loves you? How's your health? Physical, emotional, spiritual, financial? Is it time to get really honest with yourself, with God, or with others? Do you need courage? to take the next step, trusting God to be your protector and provider.
Or is it time for some creativity to just dream and cultivate and ask God to open your eyes to see how He's creatively rebuilding your home? Wherever you are on your journey, God hasn't abandoned you. He's inviting you into the embrace of His love. And He wants to heal the hurting places in your heart and lead you into a life of joy. On the handout that I've provided is a list of resources. And there's also a way for you to get in touch with me. But the most valuable resource I found were connections with other women who had navigated separation and divorce and had, had, had found healing of their own. So I encourage you, if you haven't already, make those connections. Seek out other women who have similar experiences. Allow God to build a new house, a new way of living for you. I have one more verse to share with you today. And if you can, could you stay still? Maybe close your eyes and listen to these words that God has for you. 2 Samuel 7, 27-29 Lord Almighty God of Israel, you have revealed this to your servant, saying, I will build a house for you. So your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you. Sovereign Lord, you are God. Your covenant is trustworthy. And you have promised these good things to your servant. Now be pleased to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue forever in your sight. For you, Sovereign Lord, have spoken. And with your blessing, the house of your servant will be blessed forever. Friends, I pray that your house will be blessed, that your heart will be healed, and that you will have a joy-filled life. The PDF that I provided has some resources, questions that you can use, and also places that you can go for help. 